Okay, Alphabet Flight, Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with guests and talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is someone who is a little green around the gills. <laughs> so, 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 Rob, you're 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 the Spider-Man dude that I have on here to talk about Spider-Man. I'm stuff. the Spider-Man guy. Yeah, you're you're Spider-Man guy. Like you literally wrote the 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 latest big entry on Spider-Man. I did. Uh, and we're gonna be talking about. Would you say the biggest villain Peter Parker has? One of them? I would say, they're, they're, you know, a lot of people say the Green Goblin, a lot of people say Dr. Octopus. I, I'm more of a Doc Ock guy. That, but I, I like Dr. Octopus better, but, I, uh, you know, it's it's hard to say. Yeah, it's a little hard to say, but I'm going to say, like, probably the premier, one of the premier Spider-Man villains, Green Goblin. A, yeah, a lot of it also depends on when you when you started reading Spider-Man comics? Yeah, I, I've just always liked, I just always really liked uh, Doc Ock as well. Yeah, I mean, if you and if you started reading in the 70s or 80s or probably the first half of the 90s, it was Dr. Octopus. But uh, largely since, uh, ni- since the end of the Clone Saga on, it's been the Green Goblin. Yeah. Well, um, so, so yeah, we're going to be talking about the Green Goblin and... You'll probably be familiar with at least the first Green Goblin. There's multiple ones. Uh, as Norman Osborn, he's been very important in the comics and showed up multiple times in multiple Spider-Man-related media from... Oh, yeah. Cartoons, movies. Like, just showed up everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. you should know at least a little bit about Norman Osborn if you... Like, at least watch the first Tobey Maguire spider-man movie oh yeah so um so yeah so this one's going to be a little bit different because he has a lot to go through because there's three of them mm. yeah we'll, we'll we'll do the greatest hits here because we are not just talking about the original yeah we're, we're talking about all of them and uh and spoiler alert uh norman osborne literally was the head of uh of an offshoot of shield at one point after the eighties, so um, yeah. he's definitely back alive. Uh, but mm-hmm. there's also other ones here. So yes. So uh, yeah, we have at least in the book, uh, the the book that I have, uh, you have the classic Green Goblin, um, like the you know green, green armor, the green arbor with the, like the little tunic thing and the the elf shoes yeah. and the cap. Mm-hmm. Funkin' bombs, you know, like when you think of, I guess, I guess classic Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we have three of them. We have Norman Osborn. Then we have Harold Harry Osborn, who I'm going to assume is his son. That's okay. his son. Who is? Doesn't he take up another Goblin role? No, no, he's always in. Uh, in the main comics and the movie so far, he's always been the Green Goblin. But in the Ultimate comics, he becomes the Hobgoblin. That's what I was thinking. He became the Hobgoblin in the Ultimate once. Okay. Right. And then we have Dr. Barton, or Bart, Hamilton. Yes. So, 
here's my ba- <laughs> There's a lot to go through. Ah, oh, well, I guess even without reading this entry, I can kind of run you through uh, this. Yeah, well, let's. Well, I'm just gonna let you do it. Uh, just give me a little bit less stress, because like I have to do. It's hard for me to do multiple characters in one entry. Okay, so so Norman Osborne, the uh, you know head of uh, of of uh, Osborne Industries, sometimes later known as Oscorp. Uh, you know, ruthless tycoon uh, screwed over his business partner. Mendel Strom, who uh, later became the uh, – who he sent to jail and frame, by framing him for embezzlement, and then he later got out and became the robot master, which isn't entire, which isn't super important to this entry. Yeah. But the thing is, Norman was experimenting with some, uh, some chemicals. They blew up in his face, and it tur- they, they'd given him superhuman strength, but they had also made him super crazy. Yep, and he may get another thing that makes him super crazy very recently. Ah, uh, yes. So he, uh, yeah, he decided to uh, dress up in a Halloween costume, uh, utilize a bunch of uh, high-tech weapons designed to look like pumpkins and bats and so forth, and became the Green Goblin, intending to uh, unite the gangs of New York City. And, of course, to... Uh, his first order of business is destroying Spider-Man, the enemy of New York's crime. Yeah, and uh, his first his first uh, issue that he shows up in is very interesting looking. Oh yes, that is Amazing Spider-Man number fourteen. Yep, the group. Uh, the a Lee Ditko classic in which he uh, he fakes uh, having a movie studio, hires Spider-Man to uh, to be in a movie that is out in New Mexico or something. And then hires the Enforcers, uh, Spider-Man's uh, vaguely hilarious uh, old-timey gangster villains, composed of the Ox, who is a strong guy, Montana, a guy who is good with lassoes, and Fancy Dan, who is a guy who knows judo and dresses well. He has a pencil-thin mustache as well. It's, it's real fancy. Yes. Uh, but the cover looks, I mean, it looks very, very good. Like it, Like, it doesn't... Almost doesn't look like the coverage you normally see in the '60s, at least what mm-hmm. I'm, what have I, I experienced? Um, it has the Green Goblin on, not a bat-shaped glider, not the. Glider. No, in his first appearance, he did not ride a uh, the the famous bat glider, but rather a a witch's broomstick. Yeah, and and uh, like Spider-Man is like underground in like this intricate cave. Yes, because they they chase him into these caves, and then they find the Hulk in there. Yeah, and uh, you also, because of course it's set in the Southwest, so, um, you know, the Hulk has to show up, especially in the 60s. Mm. Uh, And uh, and some great cover copy here. Yeah. Does the Green Goblin look cute to you? Does he make you want to smile? Well, forget it. He's the most sinister, most dangerous foe Spidey's ever fought. Man, like every time I read, like those little, like the early ones where they tried to just like sell you on the book immediately, like in the sixties, I love it. I o- I can only uh, hear it in Stanley's voice. Um, yeah, and and no, you're not seeing things. These really are the evil enforcers back again to gang up on our old web spinner. So the the enforcers are a selling point here. Yeah, well, because they were, I think, the only recurring villain he had. At this point? Uh, I think the vulture had reappeared by this point. Oh, yeah, probably at least once. 
But yeah, but the enforcers were kind of like a big part of Spider-Man for the first while because like he he wasn't fighting like a lot of supervillains. He was fighting like mostly crime people. Oh, and actually, uh, Doctor Octopus had come back at this point. As okay, well. okay, yeah. Um, and it's just a really good. You have that like classic like kind of dark blue, dark blue and uh, red costume with the web wings on it. Real good, mm. just a real, real the, classic got, got the web costume. Pits. Real classic costume. And I'm going to say kind of off-model Hulk right there. Yeah, uh, Ditko drew a little – I think he drew a few issues of the Hulk's book, but it's it was always a little weird looking. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I revisit, like, the that first, like, six-issue run of The Incredible Hulk quite a bit. And, like, I just – I don't – like, it's – at a certain point, like, if, if you're not trying to copy Kirby's Hulk, like, I'm – I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't look right to me. Mm. But, yeah. And uh, so anyway, the the Green Goblin made a couple more appearances. He uh, he got involved in a clash with uh, the Crime Master, another like masked gangster type villain. Uh, but it was in uh, Amazing Spider-Man number thirty nine, uh, written by uh, Stanley and drawn in his first Spider-Man issue uh, by John Romita Senior, that the Green Goblin really became the big deal that he is because that's where he followed Spider-Man home using a, a gas to disguise uh, or to mask his uh, spider sense. And he saw Spider-Man unmask and discovered he was Peter Parker. Yeah. And then in that and the, the, the goblin was also presented as a mystery villain where you never saw his true identity. So in that same issue, they revealed that he was Norman Osborn who was the father of Peter's friend, Harry Osborne. Yeah. So they had a fight, and the goblin ended up with amnesia, con- very conveniently forgetting uh, Spider-Man's identity. But uh, uh, over, the, over the next uh, decade or so, he would, he would turn up a couple more times. He'd, you know, he'd rediscover, you know, something would happen that would a- reawaken the goblin persona. Uh, in one case, famously, it was his uh, son's uh, brush with drug addiction in the uh, the issues that are not approved by the uh, Comics Code of America. But then, uh, after Stan Lee had left the book in uh, Amazing Spider-Man 121, uh, was the storyline that really cemented the Green Goblin as like a an enormous part of Spider-Man's history. And that is when he... Uh, he had another goblin relapse and decided to really take it out on Spider-Man this time. Kidnapped uh, Gwen Stacy, Spider-Man's girlfriend, flew her to the top of a bridge. It is remains somewhat a matter of some debate as to whether it was the Brooklyn or the George Washington Bridge. Knocked her off. Spider-Man tried to save her. He didn't, and she died. And it's uh, something that's revisited a lot. And I'm going to say grossly revisited. As well, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it is one, it, and it's sort of seen as the unofficial start, end of the Silver Age, and the start of the so-called Bronze Age. Yeah, there's also like there was a. I don't know if it's canon right now, but there's also kind of a storyline where they insinuated that the Norman and Grin Stacy was having like a weird illicit affair. Yeah, no, that's still canon, unfortunately. Oh, oh, I hate it. Okay. Yeah, I don't care for it. Yeah, but it was kind of gross, because Gwen Stacy was literally a high school student at that point. Well, she was a college student. Oh, college, student. college student. But it's still, like, kind of gross. 
Well, it's also gross because, I mean, you've seen Norman Osborn, and he has that weird stripey Ditko hair that kind of makes no sense. Yeah, and also, like, I like the scene that, like, pops up every time I think about that is, like, the grossest one. Oh, where you get to see uh, Norman Osborn's O face? Yes, and it just, it haunts me. Well, thankfully, um, it, it could have been worse, because later, the, the artist of that, Mike Diodato Jr., uh, would, would start heavily using Tommy Lee Jones as his reference for Norman Osborn. And that's something I don't want to see. No, I, don't, I'm, I mean, it, it could have been worse. I definitely don't want to see Tommy Lee Jones' O face. But anyway, so so one so one issue later, um, Spider-Man sought his revenge on the Goblin, and although he he ended up not killing the Goblin, the Goblin tried to impale him. Or tra- Goblin tried to impale Spider-Man with his busted Goblin glider, and ended up impaling himself and died. And as per this handbook, that was it for the Green Goblin. Yes. Um, do we want to do Are They Still Dead for each one? Sure, we can do Are They Still Dead yeah, for each Yeah, um, so, uh, is he still dead? He is not still dead. It turns out that Goblin, the Goblin formula, actually also gave him a healing factor. Much like Wolverine, but not as fast. So he was, you know, sent to the morgue. And woke up there, the big hole in his chest having scarred up. Well, I mean, don't you mean he had a Kryptonian healing coma? Yes, Kryptonian healing yeah, coma. Yeah, yeah. That's it. and 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 during that time, you know, there was a teen Green Goblin, there was a cyborg Green Goblin, um, there was an African American Green Goblin, and there was an alien Green Goblin. Yeah, I was I was a real big I was a real big fan of uh, I was a real big fan of cyborg Green Goblin. Oh, yeah, I I, I I preferred Goblin Boy. Yeah, I mean Goblin Boy. I mean. I just, I just, yeah, the, I just wish he went by his original, you know. Of course, I laugh, but there actually was a teen Green Goblin in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, there was. There's and, so many goblins, and there was also a cyborg hobgoblin in the nineties. Of course, I did not know about that one. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. Uh, another thing, I don't know if you want to get into Rob. We might get into it later. Uh-huh. There's a whole goblin family that just, just I, I can't wrap my ra- mind around. Okay, so, so there are. Yeah, so, well, in fact, the, uh, anyway, so, Norman Osborn spent the next, uh, several years, uh, rebuilding his power base in Europe, and orchestrated the entire 90s clone saga to drive Spider-Man insane, then made his grand return, uh, became the owner of the Daily Bugle, uh, went insane again, uh, ended up, uh, running the Thunderbolts, for uh for the US government, then became the director of Hammer, which took over from Shield after Shield totally beefed the Skrull Secret Invasion. Well after after he got the kill shot on the Skrull Skrull King. Skrull Queen. Skrull Queen. Yeah. Which was uh who took over uh, Jessica Drew's uh life for a very yes. long time. Mm-hmm. And then uh ended up overreaching when he tried to uh destroy Asgard, was sent to jail again then much later, uh, was cured of his insanity by, uh, by Peter Parker. But, uh, he didn't care for that because he felt that it was only his insanity that gave him that edge. And so he'd regained that insanity by bonding himself with the Carnage symbiote to become the Red Goblin. Who then later thought it was Cassidy. Right. Basically, Spider-Man ended up, uh, 
messing him up so bad that he like Norman's personality was wiped out and he just thinks he's Cletus Cassidy. Now. Yeah, he thinks he's just and uh and he's still is did he he's still alive after Absolute Carnage, right? Yes, okay, he is. he's still alive. So basically Norman Osborne right now, uh I think is stripped of the uh, I think was stripped of the Carnage uh, symbiote but still thinks he's That's correct. Yeah, he was um he right now just thinks he's Cletus uh Cletus Cassidy, Cletus Cassidy. And he's in jail right now. Um and That's right. Is it Raven Ravenloft or Raven- Ravencroft? Croft. Oh yeah, yeah, it was one letter off of the thing that they're clearly uh homaging. Well, it might be um uh, I mean it's obviously just kind of Marvel's Arkham Asylum. Yeah. But there's also an actual Raven Craig Asylum in Montreal. Oh, see, I was thinking Ravenloft, which was which oh. is like a D D game thing. Okay. Which is like is supposed to be like this like kind of twisted like alternate reality type thing. Okay. I mean realm. But yeah. Um so but yeah, uh He's still alive. So he is. He's still. So he is still alive. That brings us to Goblin Number Duh. Yes. So remember, we were talking about Peter's friend Harry Osborne, Norman's son. Obviously neglected. You know, very complicated relationship with his father. But he found uh, Norman's body and got it out of its uh, Goblin costume before the authorities could discover it, and then discover and you know blamed Spider-Man for his father's murder. And then just so happened to find that his roommate, Peter Parker, had a Spider-Man costume uh, in his uh, in his chest of drawers. He thinks such a smart boy would know how to hide his secret identity better, but uh, as we know, every every other person knows about his identity. He's got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just like, it's just like after a certain point, whenever, when, like, it's not a big deal when someone realizes he's Spider-Man. Because it's just like every other person figures it out somehow, and it's only and it's always because Peter Parker's somewhat incompetent on, at hiding it. So anyway, he uh, so he then decided to take up his father's work and became the Green Goblin again, but was beaten by Spider-Man, shocked back to sanity, and also uh, started undergoing therapy at the hands of Doctor Barton Hamilton. Ooh. However, years and years later, he had a relapse. Uh, became the Green Goblin again, uh, and subsequently died, except, and he was dead for quite some time, and the landmark, uh, Sp- Spectacular Spider-Man 200 in the early 90s. So he, and he was dead for years and years, but then it turned out, uh, that Norman had faked his death as well, and had had him recuperating in Europe for years. So he came back, uh, you know, became Peter's, uh, Peter's friend again, uh, ran his business operations back when he was running uh, Parker Industries, and currently is the uh, yeah, and he was also married to longtime Spider-Man character uh, Liz Allen for a while. Oh yeah, yeah, Liz Allen. They uh, they they had a son, Normie Osborne, who was played uh, who played a role in Absolute Carnage. Yes, and well, in fact, he was the uh, he was the Red Goblin sidekick, the Goblin Child. I feel like you could have made like a better name. Well, it was child with an E, though, so it was fancy. Oh, okay, okay. I I I could forgive it now. <laughs> and he, uh, after his marriage to uh, Liz ended with his uh, death, he also had a relationship with another Spider-Man villain, uh, Lily Hollister, alias Menace, and they also had a kid. 
Ooh, apparently very potent. Uh, Stanley Osborne. Ooh. So now uh, Harry's got a couple of kids, and he's kind of patching things up with Liz. Yeah. He's, he's still alive, right? He is still alive. He was alive at the time of this handbook, then subsequently died, but then subsequently came back. So he is also alive. Yeah. And that leads us to Green Goblin number three, Bart Hamilton. So Bart Hamilton was Harry's psychiatrist back in the 70s. And, uh, you know, Harry spilled all of his secrets to him, and Hamilton started thinking, well, you know, I could write the ultimate thesis on the criminal mind if I myself became a criminal. So I'm going to steal all of Harry's secrets and become the Green Goblin myself. So, I think, like, psychiatry in the uh, Marvel Universe is, feels almost inherently evil. It's pretty much just Doc Samson. Yeah, like, Doc Samson's, like, the only person who's, like, not completely evil. Yes. And, like, even he does some bad stuff sometimes. Yeah. So. But as a whole, if you need a uh, a psychiatrist in the Marvel Universe, look for a giant beefcake with uh, unusually colored hair. Yep, and uh, one of my favorite parts of uh, Secret Wars, or battle, one of the Battle World, I think it was Battle World Journal, um, was uh, the... One of the only people in the uh the Hulk the Greenlands, the the Hulk filled place. Uh in the patchwork battle world. Mm-hmm. Uh one of the only psychiatrists there was Doc Sampson. Because famously when he got gamma irradiated, he just became buff. Um, yes. And he got green hair. And he got green hair. So he's like the psychiatrist that all the Hulk sees. It's just like, <laughs> hey, calm down. You know, life isn't all about smashing. Sometimes, sometimes yes. Hulk can be sad and mad at the same time. <laughs> so. And so, uh, and so, Bart Hamilton, you know, uh, briefly became the Goblin, and Harry became the Goblin again to fight him. And Bart Hamilton ended up trying to blow everybody up with a bomb, but instead ended up falling into a garbage incinerator and only blowing himself up. Okay, that's good. And he remained dead for a long time, and for years, whenever, like, a new goblin villain popped up, he was always the guy people suggested in letter columns. Oh. Like, oh, hey, maybe it's Bart. He was like, uh, he was like Lupus on the show House. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's never, it's never Lupus. And it was never Bart Hamilton. So. But, hey, is he still dead? Yeah, is he still dead? He is dead again, but briefly he was not, as he was one of the many villains brought back uh, during the Clone Conspiracy. Oh, yeah, the the most recent one. Yes, but then he re-died, so he's, he's dead If again. I'm honest, I don't kind of count like the Clone Conspiracy as people coming back to life. Well, sort of, though. Beca- uh, it, they kind of do, because um, – so part of, the, part of that plot was uh, the lizard using – uh, cloning to bring his family back to life, and there was uh, there was sort of a procedure that uh, instead of just cloning people from like cells, they specifically cloned them from dead bodies so they could psychometrically record the memories that they had right up to the moment of death, and that was said to be bringing the, them back for realsies. And indeed, in a later issue of Spider-Man during the Nick Spencer run, um, Kirk Connors brings his son to Doctor Strange. And Doctor Strange is all, uh, yeah, no, this is like your real deal son. Okay, I, I will give an exception for that, but most of the clones just just beefed it as soon as that was done. 
Well, yes, and a certain number of them survived. Uh, like uh, the Hitman survived, uh, Stiltman, uh, the Tarantula. Okay, I was unaware that Stiltman was still alive. Uh, Montana and the Ox. I was aware of them. Um, Ned Leeds. When is wait? Why haven't we seen more Stilton Man then? Uh he just popped up in Superior Spider Man. Oh, did he? Okay, I yes. I am not completely caught up on all my comics. Okay, spoilers. Uh Stilton Man. I'm shows fine, up. I'm fine. You know what? I love me a long, long boy. And uh He is the longest of boys. He's the longest boy. Okay. Yeah, I Okay, and so do you want me to run down the other uh goblins so- here? Yeah, let's let's go through the goblin family because there's a lot okay. of goblins uh that shown up and I was thoroughly confused towards the last half of the Superior Spider-Man run because like there uh-huh. was a bunch of goblins pop up and okay. I did not understand half of them. So Okay, so um so in the 80s the you know the green goblin had been dead for a while and uh his costume was found and modified by the mysterious Hobgoblin. Now, his he was a long-running mystery villain, and they kind of revealed his uh, identity at, towards the end of the 80s, then went back on it and revealed it was actually a different guy. So the original Hobgoblin was evil fashion designer Roderick Kingsley. And he is the Hobgoblin you see popping up in stuff to this day. Yeah, and... um. I think he showed up fairly recently on, I think, like, literally, like, last week. Oh, okay. I don't think I read whatever that was. Oh, well, he's in, there's that symbiote Spider-Man book, but that's a flashback. No, that's a flashback. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But yeah, but that one was Mm. interesting, because, like, basically, the Hobgoblin created a new world through some MacGuffin. I forget which one. Yeah, we're going to have to see what the deal with that is. Yeah, but he became the Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, in that yes. other universe, and like, there's like the Red Cat and this Natasha Romanoff, and it's a uh-huh. bunch of, I'm I'm a sucker for alternate worlds, so yeah. you know, but that's that one. That one's pretty fun. Mm. Uh, so anyway, he uh, he decided you know sort of get out of the whole hobgoblin business and uh, brainwashed a longtime Daily Bugle reporter Ned Leeds, who was also married to Betty Brant at the time, into being a replacement hobgoblin, and so he was killed in. Uh, Kingsley's place. Well, Kingsley booked it out of there. And then with him dead, the goblin identity, the hobgoblin identity was taken over by, uh, uh what is, uh, by Jason Philip, uh, Mackendale, who, who was a mercenary who originally fought Spider-Man and Machine Man as the Jack-O-Lantern. Who had goblin-like equipment, but was not actually a goblin. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like, out of the very many like goblin-like villains, mm-hmm. I think Jack O' Lantern's my favorite, just visually. I mean, he's got that big flame. He has a big head. flame pumpkin head, and he has, he should have the pumpkin bombs um, mm. himself. Well, I mean, maybe that's why he became the hobgoblin. Yeah, but uh, but I do like Jack O' Lantern, who also showed mm-hmm. up in I think the last issue of Machine Man. Yes, he did. Yeah, he showed up in the last issue of Machine Man, the uh, the complete your con- uh, collection edition. Into Dawn. yes, <laughs> uh, yeah. Mach- so, Machine Man has a really great, uh, uh, really great origin and end of first uh, volume of Machine Man. 
So anyway, he was not gaining much traction as the Hobgon because he kind of sucked. So he made a deal uh, with the with demons during the uh, Inferno crossover and became a demon. And eventually, the he drove the demonic half of him out, and it became the Demo Goblin. That's the one I didn't understand. The Demo Goblin. Okay, so he's an actual demon who rides like a uh, a glider made out of hellfire. And he was killed by uh, by Mac by Macendale. And uh, a version of the Demo Goblin showed up in Absolute Carnage. Yes, they they resurrected the Demo Goblin and uh, possessed uh, Carnage's associate Shriek, becoming the Demo Goblin because it was a lady. Oh yeah, yeah. I did not I did not catch that subtle changing of one yes. letter. Meanwhile, the Green Goblin identity, after Harry died, was then taken up by Daily Bugle intern Phil Yurick, nephew of Bugle reporter Ben Yurick, who became a superhero with that gear. Yeah, that's the that's the uh, the that's one of them that I remember. Mm. I think that's the one that showed up in um, Superior uh, Spider Man. Yes, so we'll we'll get to him in a sec. So. He became that. Eventually, his gear was trashed by Sentinels during Onslaught, and he quit. And he also briefly showed up in Runaways as part of the Excelsior X-Teen Hero support group. Yeah, that's that's that storyline like stuck with me. Like, and during that time, he went a little nutty, and eventually made his way back to New York, where he uh, he found a cache of Roderick Kingsley's and became the new Hobgoblin. However, he then ended up working for uh, Norman Osborn again, who had uh, become the Green Goblin once again, and became the Goblin Knight. That was one that I was also confused about. The Green Goblin. Yeah, that was Phil Yurk. Yeah, there was like and, Goblin Knights or something. Yeah, he was the Goblin Knight. And then after Osborn was defeated, he then took the position of Goblin King, and then fairly recently was killed... Uh, by Norman Osborn, who had become the Red Goblin. So that's curtains for him. Yes. And then that probably brings us to our last main goblin, uh, and that was Menace. So, uh, so Bill Hollister was a guy, was, you know, a prominent, uh, New York politician who was running for mayor, and his daughter, the socialite, uh, Lily Hollister, who was dating Harry Osborn, happened upon a cache of uh, Norman Osborn's stuff, and also actually doused herself with some goblin serum it, that turned her into like a gray, that like, could allow her to turn into like a gray goblin y monster at will. There's, I mean, like in this, in the Marvel Universe, like you have to be real careful because like you can get doused in chemicals that will change your life forever. Oh, yeah. Like, like they're just lying around. Like, I mean, like that's not like, I can think of like two other people. There's way more, mm. like uh, Frankie oh, sure. Frankie Ray. I want to say who became the second Nova, the Herald. Yes, although not like not related to the Buckethead. Uh, no, Nova, no, but, but the the Galactus Herald. Yeah, Nova. Like like she just got doused in chemicals and became became like the Human Torch because she was just going through her father's stuff. It just mm. became all fiery. And, yes. Well, then she was brainwashed and not believing it, and blah 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 blah. But you know. You know, and she also dated the Human Torch, which you think that would have been weird, right? Maybe a little, because like you know, like you're dating daughter of the namesake 
of the creator of your namesake. So, uh, anyway, so she started attacking, um, the, the Hollister campaign to sort of drum up sympathy for him. Because she wanted her father to become mayor. Eventually she was, uh, she was defeated by Spider-Man and uh, then ended up falling under the sway of Norman Osborn and briefly became his girlfriend. Okay. And, uh, you know, had, you know, they uh, had a kid, which was, it was unclear which Osborn was the father. It turned out to be Harry. The whole thing was kind of gross. Every time, like, why is it like, why do everyone has to make the Osborn like kind of gross? They, uh, they they love that stripy hair. I guess they do. Like apparently, it's really sexy in the Marvel universe. Yeah. So, uh, you know, she ended up working for him as, uh, but then uh, during the conclusion of Superior Spider-Man, uh, got knocked into the river, lost her memory, and uh, bizarrely enough, ended up working for um, Roderick Kingsley. During his heroic stint during the Axis crossover. Oh, yeah. When all good guys became bad and bad guys became good. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, uh, during the, my, I think my favorite part of that one was the, uh, the agent, agent of Asgard run yes. of, uh, where Loki, Loki became like worthy of, mm-hmm. of like the hammer that was just recently the unworthy Thor dropped mm-hmm. on the moon. And, um, yes. And, like, he became Thor and, like, fought and everything, and no one believed him, and it, like, made me really sad, because I really liked that version of Loki. <laughs> I'm just like, you are a good boy. Oh. Uh, and then that was, uh, that was also when, um, was that when, was that around the time Original Sin was happening as well? Uh, Original Sin happened first, I believe. Yeah, well, yeah, because, like, uh, Thor wasn't worthy of his, because he was going around as Odin's son. Right, right. And you have that famous moment where where Nick Fury with the Watcher's eye became what was he called? Uh, it wait, wasn't wait, the Watcher. Which guy? Nick Fury went. Oh, he became the unseen. The unseen. Yeah, he he just whispered into Thor's ear, and he's just like, "Well, I guess I'm not. Thor- I guess I'm not worthy anymore." Yep. And uh, but Thor remedied that by becoming the king of Asgard and making a new uh, hammer of the unworthy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, Kind of skirting around all that stuff, yeah. <laughs> which what it's go- who is going to be written by Donny Cates soon? Who I am very right. very uh, uh, for writing Thor because yeah. if anyone was going to take over writing Thor, I'd rather it be I'd rather it be Donny Cates than a lot of other writers. I'm really enjoying his uh, his Venom. His Venom is super good. He makes me care about Eddie Brock. Yeah, how that's I, I thought that was <laughs> almost impossible. <laughs> But he makes me care about Eddie Brock. So yeah. that's pretty much it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we can talk about his powers and equipment and oh, stuff. Yeah. You know, he's got uh, he's got superhuman strength. He wears body armor. Uh, and he also has a variety of goblin gizmos. Yeah. I mean, like bombs and... He's got the, he's got the pumpkin bombs. Um, he's got the, the bat glider. He's got a bunch of uh, razor bats. Can they can shoot uh, zapping bolts out of his gloves? Yeah, he can do quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Wow, wait, how, much, how strong is the super strength? Uh, Ten times. The strongest Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah. Like, is having Spider-Man like my uh my like 
anchor for how strong someone is. Is that a good anchor? I feel like yeah. I mean, I mean, Spider Man is kind of your good baseline, like like strong superhero. Yeah, like you know, ten tons. Like and- he's he's. He's not moving planets around, but he can, you know, chuck cars around and stuff. Yeah, like he struggles a little bit on some stuff, but you know, he can he can lift up a bunch of rubble if it's on top of him. Yeah, I mean that's that's about as strong as you want because otherwise you got to worry about like breaking all your stuff. Yeah, which is why which is why I love that they actually made uh, the Tom Holland Spider Man strong. Mm-hmm. Like I loved it in Civil War when like when uh, Winter Soldier goes to punch him and he catches it, just moving it around, be like, this is cool. I, that oh my god, I fell in love with him at that moment. Oh God, I don't know. I'm so I love Tom Holland. He's such a good Spider Man. I I love I love the point uh, in in Far From Home where he's trying to help out uh, what what he thinks is a hero at the time. Uh, He's trying to help out Mysterio, and he just yells out like after being hit with um by I want to say Hydro Man, but it's Elemental. It just says I'm sticky and strong. And which is like, which is really, if you think about it, exactly what Spider-Man is. He's sticky and strong. Yes. So, are they going to be putting that on Disney Plus? Probably not. Are uh, they? Wait, wait, the, the Spider-Man movie? Yeah, Spider-Man. That I don't know. Because I really want to see Far From Home again, but I prefer to stream it. Yeah, I'd say probably not, but you never know. I don't know. I feel like I feel like they'd have to do like a really big deal in order for that to happen. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, uh, that's pretty much that's pretty much uh, Green Goblin and all of his uh, all of his stuff. I'm glad I had a a spider a Spider Man person on mm-hmm. here uh, to go over that because it's it's a lot of complicated stuff. If I'm honest, mm-hmm. and uh, I think and as a handbook writer, you 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 boiled it down very succinctly. Well, thank you. <laughs> so so that was good. Uh, so I think we're pretty much done. So let's do plugs. Okay, so I uh, I am part of the Marvel research team. We just finished up work uh, consulting on history of the Marvel Universe. All six issues are available now, and coming soon is a treasury sized uh, collected edition, and it is gorgeous. Yeah, so definitely look out for that. He also did the uh, Spider Spider Geddon handbook, uh-huh. um, which was the follow up to the I would say hit smash uh, Spider Verse. Yes. Um, which there's also a Spider-Verse miniseries coming out starring Miles right now, which I feel yes, like people- Yes, also very good. Yep. First issue had, uh, was it Spider? It was the May, May, it was the Aunt May. Oh, uh, Spider-Ma'am. Spider-Ma'am. The second issue. Yeah, yeah, Spider-Ma'am, and uh, they just did the one with uh, uh, Penny Parker. Uh, SPDR. SP, the Spider, which is, uh, yes. which is uh, basically Evangelion. Um, uh-huh. Uh, which is good. Like I don't a lot of spider good Spider Man stuff's coming out. You should read it. Like it's good. <laughs> so so uh yeah. Oh also Spider Man twenty ninety nine is gonna be coming out soon in next year. Uh yeah I'm not sure when that's coming out. It's supposed to be coming out. They're they're doing a twenty ninety nine like It's a series of one shots. Series yes. of one shots, which are which is, most of them seem pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't like a hugest fan of the Conan one, but I'm also not the mm-hmm. huge fan of Conan, so yeah. But you know, it's whatever. But yeah, there's a lot of good comic stuff coming out. You should read Marvel. Um, it's a Marvel podcast. You should probably know that I'm a little biased. Uh, but yeah. Well, uh, this I so yeah. My name is Jesse. I have another podcast called Creepy Critters, where I talk about 
cryptids in somewhat lower detail. Maybe I'll talk about someone who's like the Green Goblin, who's like weird and throws pumpkin bombs. Uh, probably not. <laughs> but uh, I also have another podcast called uh, Limited Theories, where I talk about limited Marvel series, issue by issue. Uh, mostly limited Marvel series. I, mm. And uh, that's with my friend Rob, not this one. Uh, mm. And if you want to see the pictures of the people we are talking about, you can always go to at Alphabet Flight on Twitter and Instagram, where you can also see the covers where they first showed up. Uh, and uh, this has been Alphabet Flight. Uh, justice is served.